agnostics, long-haired weirdos, short-haired weirdos, vandals, hooligans. The government has the government love. The government has the government love. The government Welcome to the Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Michael Baranowski, a professor of political science at Northern Kentucky University. I'm joined today by my conservative counterpart, Cleveland area attorney and defender of freedom, Jay Carson. Hey, Mike. Hey, Jay. How are you doing this morning? After the week I've had, I'm uh, more full of holes than the uh, Steele dossier. Oh, uh, we'll oh, get to that. Very nice. Yeah, I like that. So, uh, so yeah, but we do. We are going to be talking about all kinds of Trump-related things, and uh, well, I think that that might take up a good part of our of our show today. But if we do have any time, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the economy and OPEC Plus and their cuts, and maybe even I don't know if we're going to. We probably won't have time for this, but uh, uh, national. Pork Producers Council is up in arms against California, and that's, uh, I think, and rightly so, before the Supreme Court. So, yeah, but we have a bunch to get to, and we are going to get to it in just one second. Okay, Jay, so do you want to kick us off here with our first story for today? Sure. Our our first story, Mike, uh, on Thursday, the January 6th committee uh, voted unanimously to subpoena Donald J. Trump uh, and uh, both his testimony and records. Um, Chairman Benny Thompson said, uh, we'd like to, in a, in a sort of what is the understatement of the series, uh, we'd like to hear from him. Uh, <laughs> it is our obligation to seek Donald Trump's testimony. Uh, subpoena to the former president is a serious and extraordinary affair. Uh, Trump, for his part, responded uh, the following day uh, in what the New York Times headline writers described as uh, a 14 page rambling um, uh response uh full of restating false claims and conspiracy theories uh but he did not definitively uh state whether or not he will appear to testify um so that's sort of as as we left it there now i i did see something about now there's there's hints that trump says he may testify if it's broadcast live or something like that um which obviously all makes for the good tv that this is you know been leading up to um, but, uh, so what, what are your thoughts, Mike, on, I guess where, where we, we are with the January 6th committee and, uh, Trump's testimony and documents in particular? Well, I, I would be surprised if Trump actually testified, right? I mean, I, I think that's just a, just Trump being Trump, but it seems to me that that's unlikely to happen and that vote to to subpoena him essentially is a uh, is a symbolic sort of thing. I think it was you know something that the committee should have done because of course it would be weird to not try to get his uh, testimony to hear from him. But my expectation is that he'll be able to successfully fight that subpoena at least up until the point where the uh, where this uh, this session of Congress ends, and at which point I'm fairly certain Republicans will be in the majority and then that will uh, that subpoena will not be renewed. In fact, the committee will not even be a thing at that point. So that's kind of where I'm at, at least in terms of Trump testimony. I would be surprised to see him appear before the committee, because in that sense, it would almost be acknowledging in some way that this is any sort of a legitimate form. And I just can't see Donald Trump doing that. Oh, what do you think? So, so there is that um, on the the fighting the subpoena. I'm not um yeah i mean i suppose you know technically fight fight is sort of a, a funny word right i mean he could simply not comply at which point they'd vote to hold him in contempt uh and then he'd have to sort of avoid the federal marshals or avoid you know showing up in the capitol being subject to arrest or something like that um so i i um i i think i don't i don't i don't think the justice department would go so far as to no. try to arrest a former president for contempt of Congress for not appearing. Um, but, you well, know, I could be wrong. I, I, I think there's a legal, you know, you can argue there's a separation of, of powers yeah. claim that Trump can raise. I was thinking, thinking about this and, you know, uh, uh, Harry Truman, after he had ended his time as president, he actually was subpoenaed by the House on American Activities Committee. And he refused to comply with that subpoena. And in a, kind of a private, not a public statement, but a private letter, he he wrote, if the doctrine of separation of powers and the independence of the presidency is to have any validity at all, it must be equally applicable to a president after his term of office is expired. 
when he sought to be examined with respect to any acts occurring while he is president. And, and while wow. I don't, yeah, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, but I think certainly that's that's not an unreasonable argument. And again, my larger point is I think it's enough of an argument that certainly could delay any sort of uh, any sort of action until after January of uh, 2023. Again, yeah. at which point I, I would. Yeah, yeah I, I did not know that about Truman. Yeah, um, I didn't either. Yeah. And I would say that's that's a better argument than the executive privilege argument. Yeah. Uh, asserting against the Justice Department. Yeah. I because, think, yeah, I think there I think there's more there, there's more of a, a constitutional hook here, as you as you suggested, as as Truman suggested, um, because it's it's different branches of government. And that that also leads back to the the, the precedence on this. Right. Um, uh, involving uh, Nixon and so forth. That, again, was congressional uh, subpoenas as opposed to your own justice department. Right. Um, so no, I, I think, I think that's a, a, a valid point. Um, although I'd say times were different, uh, back then. Yeah. Um, certainly. And, and. Well, that was just another witch hunt, right? That was just a different kind of witch, not, not the greatest witch hunt in history, because of course that is a pretty pretty good witch hunt. Yeah. Well, yeah, Um, it wasn't bad as witch hunts go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, there's, there's, I mean, if we kind of pull back from that and think about the January 6th committee in general, because they're wrapping things up at this point, it seems to me one thing to point out from the last week, there were these claims of former Trump's former community communications director, uh, Alyssa Farah, right? She testified that Trump mm-hmm. said to her, can you believe that I lost to this effing guy? Um, now, right. It seems to me that that, that that doesn't strike me as particularly probative. Of anything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> some, some, you know, I was thinking about that. Right. And there are a couple ways, depending on how it was said, you know, it, it could be it could be Trump just saying, you know, knowing that he lost or just saying, like, can you really believe that I lost it? You know, and I think that's more of a Trumpian right. thing. But then again, there's also there was, that was combined with testimony from an aide to uh, Mark Meadows, who was Trump's former chief of staff. And uh, uh, she said that Meadows told her a lot of times he'll tell me that he lost, but he wants to keep fighting it. So now uh, that, of course, yeah, no, that's more probative. Yeah. But but then again, I'm sure Mark Meadows, if he were to testify it, and he's he's refused to do so, I'm sure he would say, no, I didn't say anything like that. So but if Mar if Meadows were to some for some reason corroborate that, then I think. This changes things a lot because you and I have had talked a lot about Donald Trump and, and, and this idea that, you know, the argument of, well, it's not a lie if you believe it. Right. And so yeah. if Trump has a, a legitimately, even if a diluted belief that what he was doing was serving the cause of justice and democracy and, and, and fighting a fraudulent uh, election result. Well, that's different than if he says, no, of course I lost, but I'm going to then all of a sudden that opens up some serious, you know, legal peril for him. And and so but but again, I again, I don't think that I don't think that there's nearly enough here to to pin that on Donald Trump legally, even if we might have our suspicions about that. Well, and the yeah, the difficulty is that you have to prove that Donald Trump is not delusional. Yeah. And that's Um, that's that's a high bar. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, it's, that's a, that's a tough thing to prove. Um, yeah. you know, in terms of, you know, the rest of the, I think he's got, you know, a couple different options as far as, you know, one, he could show up and take the fifth. Uh, I, if I were his lawyer, that's what I would recommend he, he do. Um, I don't see him doing that. No, that no. just doesn't seem his style. Um, and he'd have all the, you know, things of, you know, people he, uh, in, in the past saying, well, if you take the fifth, that says you're guilty and all that. Um, uh, or he he could you know put on the, the greatest show on earth, um, which which would seem more like him. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure what uh, uh, how this goes, um, but uh, I mean I think I think that's just you know the January sixth committee was heading towards this is the this is the grand finale uh, season cliffhanger kind of thing. Um, yeah, and so and so when when Donald Trump you know on Truth Social said, why didn't the unselect committee ask me to testify months ago? It's like, come on. He knows the answer to that. It's that, you, you know, you wouldn't be a good television. No, exactly. <laughs> that would be, that wouldn't be a good show at all. You know? So, so yeah, but, uh, you know, it, it seems to me in looking back at what the committee has done, cause this is pretty much it for the committee. Well, I, think, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not an unreasonable criticism. Um, 
if you're if you're poking holes like like I've tended to do that, you know, is this really an exercise in trying to get to the bottom and find out the truth of what happened? Or is it a political exercise? It can Um, be both. Oh, no, it certainly can be both. But, um, you know, listen, I mean, if you you could make the argument of of, uh, listen, the first thing we need to do is find out what Donald Trump did and said and get his stuff. Um, um, but uh, and and there's there's also I can, I can see strategic reasons for not doing that, because there's sometimes you want to build the case, find out more stuff that you need to look for before you you send that, you know, the other subpoena. Exactly. Um, and and but, I think from from that standpoint, saying, well, listen, we have all these people who said this. So you're saying all of these Republicans, these yeah, exactly, people who yeah. supported you, you know, are lying. Everyone is lying. But, you know, exact. So, yeah. But yeah. But but, you know, I, I really do think in looking back at the committee as a whole that they did, I think, establish fairly clearly, at least in my mind, certain things uh, uh, for one that a whole bunch of Trump's top folks told him he'd lost. And despite that, right, he told lies. He advanced these conspiracy theories. Not only that, but we know, based on this testimony, that for actually months before the election, that he planned to claim fraud if he lost, regardless of what else was, you know, of, of the facts, basically. And that he pressured multiple officials, both at the state level and, you know, his vice president, people in the Department of Justice to ignore vote totals and find a way to declare him the winner. And then finally, on 1-6, he, uh, in some ways, you can argue, encouraged the mob and certainly didn't do anything to really stop their attack when he knew it was underway. And I think, to me, all those things are fairly incontrovertible. I, I, I wanted to see if you had a different take on them. No, I, I mean, I, I think that's I, I think that's right. Um, again, I, I think the question is, how do you paint it? Is it Trump intentionally um, trying to subvert democracy or Trump being deluded enough to believe uh, I could not have lost to this uh, this bozo uh, absent some sort of fraud? So therefore, fraud must exist. So therefore, you know, you need to find it. Um uh, in in terms of I, I would actually say I'm I'm a little I. I I am surprised by as much substance as there was in the, the January 6th actual findings mm-hmm. um, thus far. And to point because I think I think more of to me, more of just like historical uh, interest, right, of what was really happening behind the scenes, that sort of stuff. I, I didn't think we would we would learn that much. uh but we did, and it's it's interesting. Um, you know, what did he say to the Secret Service people? Did he try to grab the wheel? All those kind of things. Um, I, I think it it painted a, what I would say an interesting behind the scenes picture of what was happening um, on that day. Um, did it did it shed any light on whether he encouraged the mob to storm a capital? Again, I don't I don't know. I don't see that right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm. What I'm saying is, is I'm giving the January sixth uh, committee sort of, sort of a C plus. Well, there you go. That's that's um, not bad. I, given I that, yeah. To be, I had expected to be sort of a completely partisan, hackery kind of thing. Um, now, where where I will, um, you know, where the, the demerits are for them, um, are certainly things where I think there were steps in the process and statements from the committee that indicated. This was not a hey, let's get to the truth. It was a you know let's let's burn down Donald Trump. Uh, I think that hurts the committee's credibility. I think you do a better job hurting Donald Trump at the end of the day um, if you can say, listen, we uh, we dotted all our eyes and crossed all our t's again, Joe Friday rather than Roscoe Coltrane. Um, uh-huh. Also, there were some weird some weird lapses. I I think of you know there's. Um, you know, calling in um, uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, who said, listen, this is what I heard. And it was sort of like second hand hearsay, um, which, again, this isn't a courtroom. So fair enough. You can you can uh, bring that in. But then not calling the witnesses who would have been firsthand witnesses to, to those alleged statements. Um, some of some of that sort of sort of stuff. And then also doing things like subpoenaing uh, Ginny Thomas, um, who, you know, I'm not sure what exactly she would have to do with any of this. 
other than it was uh, a democratic opportunity to try to embarrass uh, Clarence Thomas. And that that sort of thing, I think, detracted well, from what the, the committees, you know, on, could have done. So. On that, I would I would argue that if the, the you know the partner of a Supreme Court justice, and by the way, the 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 lone dissenter in one important decision in a case uh, relating to this was was an active participant in or at least an active urger i don't know if an urger that's uh to uh various high government officials to do things to subvert democracy i think that's you know i think that's someone who should be heard from them because i don't i certainly don't buy uh, Clarence Thomas's arguments that, well, you know, my wife has her own opinions, but uh, certainly my wife has no influence on me whatsoever. That would be a rather unusual marital relationship, I would think, certainly. But so, I, I mean, but that's, you know, that's a, that's a side point, I think. Overall, it seems to me that, you know, this hasn't had much of a political, well, hasn't had much of an effect on people's opinions, certainly. You know, public opinion no. polling suggests that it's, we're pretty much where we were. And you could even make a case that Donald, the committee gave Donald Trump kind of what he wanted, right? Uh, the media spotlight. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, and, and so I guess to me, there, there are a couple of questions is one is, will the Justice Department, will Merrick Garland choose to prosecute? And if so, what crimes might Donald Trump be plausibly charged with. And from what I understand, committee investigators are looking at two things in particular. The first is wire fraud, and that would be if you raised money based on stolen election claims that you know are false. And then secondly, obstructing Congress by attempting, you know, to stop the certification of electoral votes. When I if, if my thinking is if those are the two best things you have, based on what I've seen. I certainly would be reluctant to take that to, to trial or even to try to get an indictment on that. But I don't know. What do you think, Jay? Um, first, I mean, the chances that the uh, committee makes a criminal referral, um, 100%. Yeah. But that doesn't mean um, anything. I mean, it's like just, it has just like I mean, no, but I'm saying just 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 as it was on January 7th. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's. Yeah. There was no way the committee um, was not going to say, hey, Justice Department, you should look into prosecuting him. I mean, that was, yeah, foregone conclusion. Yeah. 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 There's no way the committee is going to be back. Yeah. It turns out Trump didn't do anything yeah. wrong whatsoever. Oh, we're good. Yeah. Let's we're, we on. apologize. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so uh, does Garland uh, take it up? I, again, I think the, the, the likelihood of a Trump indictment um, is 100%. Really? Um, oh. Whether it's on, yeah, whether it's on those claims or on the Mar-a-Lago claims. Um, well, that's different. Yeah, uh, I, I, I want to. Yeah, I want to. What I'm saying, I, what I'm yeah. saying is, if you're if you're going to indict him, um, I think it it makes more sense to do one great big indictment, right? Than uh, than the you know piecemeal sort of thing. So, um, my my thing is, if if uh, they're going to indict uh, Donald Trump on uh, the, the Mar-a-Lago document issues. Um, I would I would think that there might be some thought to at least including that stuff from the January sixth committee uh, as well. Yeah, I, I don't um, see that. Now again, I I would be, and I would tell you, I um, I almost made this bet with you um, a week or so ago, and I'm glad now I'm glad I didn't because I would have lost. But uh, my my prediction was that um, uh, he would there would be an indictment on the uh, Mar-a-Lago documents. Uh, basically by by this week um yeah and i would have been and, stunned by that just because that's that would have gone against justice department protocol for that sort of thing but oh well, yeah um but uh, uh that that would have been my bet so that that um but i still think absolutely there's there's going to be indictment um no question about it um i i am uh, far it, less I, I i am far less certain i think that there's a better than a better than 50% chance there will be an indictment on the documents uh, uh, thing. And we'll talk about, I know we'll get to that story in a minute, but on, on the, on the directly uh, January 6th thing, I do not think there's going to be an indictment on that. That's my prediction. Okay. So, you know, that, all right, I'll, I'll take that. No, I'll take that. I'll take that action. Okay. You know, one other thing I was thinking, <laughs> of, okay. <laughs> so what I was thinking, thinking about is if I were in Biden's position, 
you know, I would have seriously considered, given given what I at least what I know about the evidence, I would have seriously considered uh, hardening Donald Trump for any crimes related to January 6th, because I'm thinking, number one, it would have put Trump in the position of either accepting the pardon. And of course, if you accept the pardon, that's kind of an implicit, I mean, regardless of what you say, right, of like, well, I couldn't. But or he could refuse the pardon, which I you know, certainly would guess he would do. Right. But still, that makes Joe Biden look like this to at least any kind of middle of the road folks like this magnanimous sort of, hey, he offered to just kind of let's move on and the healing must begin sort of thing. And so I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I, so I, I, I and I, I would have said the odds of uh, Joe Biden pardoning Donald Trump now or ever are zero. Right. Um, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm right. I'm saying that if I were in that position, I might have right. I might have done that, especially again, if you think, well, I guess what I'm saying is if, if you think that you, the evidence is so weak that you're not going to get a conviction anyway, why not just <laughs> get the political capital out of issuing a pardon? Though I, I'm sure you're saying that the, the left flank would just revolt. Over yeah, you'd, I, w- I would say you 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 lose political capital. You would absolutely enrage your base. Yeah. Yeah. There there are there are folks. You're right. And. And maybe that's why that's why I'm not a progressive. Democrat, I think there I guess, there's so. a substantial portion of the Democratic base that voted for Joe Biden uh, specifically because uh, they wanted to see Donald Trump prosecuted. Yeah, well, that's uh, I guess I wasn't in that portion. Exact. I don't mind seeing a something certainly they're, they're out there. Yeah, I'm not saying that Donald Trump doesn't deserve to be behind bars, but I'm saying I certainly had on the January 6th stuff. I don't think that the from what I've seen, that there is a case where uh, we're beyond a reasonable doubt. You can say that, you know, he did any of the things that, you know, because that's that delusional thing we've talked about before. So, yeah, that's yeah. A, you know, but, uh, but here's the thing, though. I, I think you have I mean, there has been a whole lot of effort um, put into. Look, what this, you know, midterms about Republicans are saying, and you know, the economy, the kind of sort of the fundamental stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, Democrats uh, are are pushing well it's abortion and threat to democracy. Um, they, I mean, the, that's what I'm saying. This the whole Donald Trump is a threat to democracy uh, is a is a keystone um, of the platform at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, so that's why that's why I think that has to be included in any indictment. Um, See, I, 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 so. I think it's just the opposite because I think that they're going to Garland's going to want to separate these two things because it's going to look, especially if there's any sort of actual trial, this would happen, you know, in the time leading up to the presidential election, given all the inevitable delays in this sort of thing. And I I, I feel fairly confident that they would not be able to convict Donald Trump on any of the January 6th things. And so that would just not only give him all this publicity, but add fuel to the fire of, of this sort of claims that this is the greatest witch hunt in the history of the known universe sort of thing. And so I, I don't think I think Merrick Garland is too smart to do that sort of thing. And I guess you don't. Oh, no, I'm not saying he's he's not <laughs> he's not too too smart to not do that. Um, I'm I'm saying I, I think. Uh, um, he's. He needs that other stuff as well. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, this I, is. I just. Yeah, I, 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 I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think if. Um, when do you think? Because otherwise, should... you otherwise otherwise you get the otherwise you get the Trump defense, right? If I'm let's let's play this out, uh, and if I'm if I'm advising Team Trump, and I'm going to get all kinds of crap for this, just because I'm saying hypothetically this is how this is going to work. Sure. Um, but he's he's uh, charged with mishandling classified documents. Uh, he is not indicted for you know threatening democracy, all this kind of other stuff. Uh, Trump will rightfully say, "Oh, come on, this is exactly what you tried to prosecute, you know, what, what you let Hillary Clinton off the hook for, uh, witch hunt, all that." It's it's playing into that thing. So that's why the Justice Department, I think, would need to have uh, the other piece or other pieces to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I disagree just, because the Clinton yeah, thing was entirely different. And so Donald Trump is going to lie and exaggerate and be his usual irresponsible, horrific self, no matter what. And so to me, the key thing is what what actually can they get a conviction on potential plausibly? And I do not think I think it would be a horrible mistake for the Justice Department to charge him with anything that they don't have a very, very 
firm belief that they have a great shot of getting conviction on. So so that's my okay. prediction. My prediction is that there will be an indictment on the documents thing. And your prediction is that it there will, but it will also include some of the it January 6th. It will also 6th include, stuff. yeah, elements of January right. 6th. We will, yep. we, will, we will find out. So why don't we take uh, just a quick break and then get back to actually that Trump document sort of thing. There were some yeah. developments on that. Okay, Jay. So, yeah, why don't we move on to that related story about those so, Trump documents? Yeah, so, continuing uh, on Thursday as, as being uh, Donald's terrible, horrible, uh, <laughs> no good, very bad day. Um, in addition to the uh, 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 subpoena from the uh, January sixth committee, the uh, as some commentators refer to them, the illegitimate, corrupt uh, Trump court uh, issued a uh, unsigned order uh, rejecting uh, Trump's uh, limited appeal of the 11th uh, circuits um, uh, uh, go ahead. This is sort of getting backwards, right? This, yeah. but, uh, essentially uh, saying that, uh, no, the 11th circuit is correct. And uh, the justice department can move forward with examining the hundred or so documents uh, that uh, Trump had uh, claimed they, they could not examine. So it's, it's a fairly you know narrow ruling just on that one piece of it. Well, then um, let me just, just, just but, jump in. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't even about – in fact, it, Trump's attorneys weren't even challenging whether or not the Justice Department could use those documents. They were just saying that whether the that special master first. should be able yeah. to review them, yeah. which is like so narrow. It's like a – yeah, it's if it were a, a slice of pie, it would leave you hungry after eating. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. So, so yes. yeah, yeah. But you know – the upshot, the upshot is it goes directly to the Justice Department. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's weird to me, Jay, I, and you're, you're an attorney, so I want to ask you on this, but it seems to me that one sentence order that, that, that I read, that we all read, right? Um, I, I don't exactly see how this is a stunning, the stunning rebuke that, uh, that the New York Times called, unless you believe that essentially the Supreme Court is in the pocket of Donald Trump. To me, it was just like, well, there's not a lot of merit to this. Uh, you know, I, I think how the Washington Post put it, they called it a quick and sharp rejection of the emergency request. I'm like, yeah, that seems about right. But stunning rebuke, like, no, unless you expect the court to just fall all over Donald Trump. But they really haven't. Legitimate corrupt things. Trump yeah. court. So, like, you know, um, I just, yeah. But, but no, so, no, and, and look, the, 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 uh, the order was uh, essentially unanimous. Uh, given that it's unsigned, there's no opinions, but there were no dissents um, from it. Uh, and it is, you know, issued out of the court's shadow docket, um, uh, and, and which, again, that's sort of a silly name for uh, the court's emergency docket, and quite honestly, most emergency uh, petitions to the Supreme Court are rejected uh, in, in very, the exact same fashion, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. a, a one word, you know, no. Um, so, so, yeah, I didn't see it as a stunning rebuke or shocking um, in fact, I, I believe I predicted this, uh, that this would be the result. Um, Not and I think it's probably the right result. Uh, and uh, But I am also uh, believe that I think it's correct that it's the U.S. Supreme Court that made that final. Yeah, yeah. Right decision but in the end i mean it's not really a big deal it's more of a delaying tactic than anything else and so i i think it's just donald trump's a delaying tactic on trump's part yeah exactly i mean trump yeah is, yeah yeah it's not it's, the supreme court isn't delaying anything but no no yeah, yeah yeah and so yeah but donald trump was seeking essentially what would have been a, a delay yeah um that that i suppose theoretically you know the special master could have come up and said okay well some of these documents are privileged and therefore they don't uh justice department you can't see them um even so if he had made that decision then trump would have gone back to the trial court saying listen special master got it wrong uh the special master that i demanded be appointed yeah uh got it wrong so i need you to fix that and then that would have been appealed and all that right. so uh yeah um but but you know it, it so, seems it seems to me that of of more import this week was and this i think you and i both predicted this a few weeks ago that the justice department in fact uh, uh filed an appeal with the with the 11th circuit arguing that the special master itself the whole setup should be yeah. uh, uh essentially ended and that and that judge cannon exceeded her uh 
uh, authority, discretion in doing so, because basically the, uh, the distinction is that the Justice Department is arguing that there is, even Judge Cannon said, there's no evidence, there's no clear indication that Donald Trump's constitutional rights were egregiously violated. And they've said all along that that's the test. If that's not the case, then you can just have the standard sort of filter team yeah. in place, and that's fine. That's, and, the, and so. that's the test for essentially invoking the court's equitable jurisdiction yeah. uh, to do things like um, uh, appoint a special master. Yeah, and that that's a bigger deal because there are like over yeah. 11,000 of these documents. And that would actually, if the 11th Circuit ruled that the Justice Department was in fact right, that would potentially speed things up a little bit. Yeah. But but again, yeah. I, I don't know how, well, I was going to say I don't know how big of a deal it is, but then there uh, then again this week we had, you know, there was this right, security uh, security camera footage showing that uh, Trump, I guess he was a former valet who then went to work for Trump, uh, Walt Nada, moving boxes from a storage room, apparently both before and after the Department of Justice's subpoena. And uh, there, there are reports that uh, uh, someone saying to the Department of Justice, it might have been Nada, but we, it hasn't been confirmed that the documents were removed personally at the specific direction of Donald Trump. And there are Presume uh, uh, reportedly multiple people who've said this, but even that, I mean, that certainly is, you, that's not something you want to, if you're Donald Trump, that's not evidence you want, right? But it also yeah. seems to me that that Donald Trump could claim, well, you know, I, I got the subpoena and I said, well, I want to take a look at these documents and make sure I get them all together. So I'll move yeah. them to my office kind of thing. So I think maybe a little bit Maybe a little bit too much. Maybe uh, have been made of this. I'm not saying that Donald Trump, right? Was- and yeah, it, it it could be probative uh, of something, uh, but it also could be explained away fairly easily. Yeah, and that's again. Okay. I think yeah. I think it's important to, and, uh, to separate out sort of legal arguments from what we maybe think is happening. So, what will be plausible for you to argue legally? As opposed to what we actually think, you know, and I tend to think that, well, if Donald Trump uh, uh, has gotten a subpoena for some documents, he'd want to take a look, get those documents yeah. so he could flush as many down the toilet or do whatever he does with pieces of paper as is his, you know, thing. But he could easily just claim, no, I just wanted to personally prepare them because I'm so committed to making sure the DOJ has the right stuff, you know, whatever. But yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. And well, and, and keep in mind the the bigger defense that Trump will have uh, will invoke when all this um, comes to fruition is I have a right to keep those documents anyway. Yeah. Which, which of course is a ridiculous argument. I mean, there's, there's no. Right. Right. But uh, no, I I wouldn't say it's entirely ridiculous. I think presidential records act, he can have an argument to say, listen, as former president, I ought to have access and be able to, to keep and review these things as needed. Um, yeah, I think there is a defense there. I don't know that he wins on that. Defense, yeah, I think that's right? weak. Yeah, okay, I but, see. But what I think saying. it's, but I think it's a, I think it's, it's a non-frivolous defense. Yeah, I guess I, I think the argument, the counter argument is, well, there's a big difference between the National Archives having taking custody of these records and putting them in temporary storage facilities while they go through them, and Donald Trump just kind of stashing them in a, you know, stashing them in a, I don't know. Uh, underneath the pool table in Mar-a-Lago or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Two very, and you know, Donald Trump has been pointing. Yeah. But, I, but I think, I mean, I, I think the argument is, well, all right, tell me in the presidential record acts where it says you can't put it under the pool table at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think, <laughs> I, I think, I think the point would be, well, the, the, the act says that you, you don't get to keep them yourself. They are actually the government's documents and you are not the government yeah. anymore, regardless of right. how, you know, how'd you get to borrow them? Yeah, I, yeah. Well, anyway. I was just yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm, and again, I'm not making. That no, no. Argument. Yeah, I I'm see what you're saying. saying. That's yeah. what the argument's going to be. Um, and, and in which case, the people moving them around the place uh, would wouldn't would be irrelevant. Um, something, and you know, this is something I, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on, and I just have been thinking about this for well since the since the search warrant came out on the documents is. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, in some extent, to some extent, Donald Trump portrays himself as there was this streetwise kind of kind of guy. Um, but he seems in other ways, either one uh, incredibly naive um, politically uh, or two just has sort of this appetite for self-destruction. Um, uh, if 
if that self-destruction comes with the spotlight, right? Then it's still okay. Just because this this whole document thing to me seems... Um, I, I see what you're you know. saying, but I, I disagree. I think, I think, if anything, my initial guess would be that this is very calculated because uh, the, gov- the government asked for these documents. Donald Trump says, hell no, this will be a great way for me to demonstrate how they're going after me. Yeah. And so, no, I think it's, I think it's a smart strategic move. Well, and, and, and I would say, well, the third, the third, um, the third possibility is uh, sort of combining that with just getting really bad legal advice. Yeah, except I, I yeah, that, I think that can be the case. So, so I think legally this is this is a loser, but politically it's a big winner because what's I mean, what what could he potentially be convicted of mishandling classified documents? Okay, that's that's pretty. I, in the end, that's it's not going to be. I think there's going to be uh, kind of end with a whimper and not a bang. And so the political mileage Donald Trump's been able to get out of this is so far exceeds any sort of legal cost he's going to pay that this is a no-brainer i think for donald mm. trump you know and and so that's right that's where i disagree I, I i think he he could he could well end up in jail i see right? i i, yeah, I um, don't yeah i i would oh if they, okay I, I will say i will say if that does happen you're definitely right if donald trump ends up in jail yeah. certainly then that was a miscalculation i think he's correctly calculating that chances of that happening are so small and the potential political gain is so far outweighs right. that, but yeah, we see, see, to me because I guess maybe it, it's it looks like because I'm again when he's talking about doing something that is putting himself in potential criminal jeopardy, yeah, um, for absolutely zero gain, right? Except, well, that's <laughs> the part of it I disagree with. I documents see the, in a box. I that, see the um, gain. No, no, I'm, being, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the gain that what, what gain he would get from having the document. Oh yeah, you know the documents are just a MacGuffin here. They're they're not even. Yeah, they're not important yeah. to the story as far as Donald Trump's concerned. Right. It could be anything. Yeah. So right, it, it's just the thing that we're going to fight over. Um, and he he wants to have a fight in order to keep his name uh, in front of the uh, you know on, on the front page and and be in front of the cameras. Um, so that I, I get, and and to some extent, I can see the okay. So that's why you do stuff like fight uh, a, a, a committee subpoena, right? Where you're not really in any kind of criminal jeopardy, um, and you can stand up and say, "Look, this is all political." Um, you know, these are you know, the, it's a, a fixed committee and and all that sort of stuff, um, and you know, separation of powers. And and look, you'd be right. You'd have a, a good case to argue there. Um, but you ha- just have a, a much less less good case to argue of. Well, I'm keeping these uh, documents because I want to keep them because they're mine. And I, uh, to me, to me that that would seem to be if you want to have a a fight, um, fine. But your risks in in the the fight over the documents far outweigh the benefits that you could get. Um, I, well, I think from no. them, and that's that's something that just perplexed me from the beginning. Of whether it's or, or whether he really is, um, again, to, to me, the the, the naivete, uh, and well, this sounds strange, applying so. this is not Donald Trump. I think it's, I'll suggest that you're, you're more than a little bit more risk averse than Donald Trump. And Donald Trump has, that's true. You know, Donald Trump has made a great career for himself by taking big risks, often, you know, usually with other people's money, but still, you know, um, yeah. so, so yeah. I, but usually there's they're civil risks. Yeah, Again, it's yeah. risks with money. It's not actual criminal. Yeah, I hope you're right on this. Risk. I mean, I, 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 the idea of Donald Trump. Well, it's, it's, not a, it's not a matter of right or wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just oh, yeah. puzzled by. I'm just, I'm just wondering what how was, the, what was he thinking? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think he's thinking that there's, there's, there's a vanishingly small chance that he'll end up in jail, uh, or you know, so he's okay with that. Though I'm getting images in my head of how his you know, orangeness would set off against an orange jumpsuit or something like that. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting image in my head anyway, but there's one other aspect of this G I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, there have been a bunch of leaks in this investigation and, and I gotta say, I get that it's difficult to impossible to stop leaks entirely, but I feel like, uh, what well, I, I feel like maybe, uh, Attorney General Garland should have at some point uh, made some kind of a public statement about 
the uh, inappropriateness of leaking details about an ongoing investigation. I'm sure that that goes against Department of Justice regulations. I'm sure it's something that DOJ employees can be disciplined or terminated for. And I think I went through the statute, U.S. Code. I think you could possibly even make the case that in certain instances it might constitute obstruction of justice. But I don't know. There's been too many leaks for me to feel entirely comfortable with. And again, I feel like maybe Garland and even President Biden should have said something about that. I think that just would have been the, the right sort of thing to do. And I haven't really heard that. And I'm disappointed in that. Oh, I, I would agree. And I'd take it one step farther that the, the leaks are part of the strategy. Yeah. And I, that's, I, mean, I have a problem with that. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I, I don't think that's okay to do. I would have taken, I would like to have thought I would have taken a higher road and I've been in, in uh, Garland's or Biden's position. And again, that's not to say that you can find out who's doing the leaking, but at least you should come out and say, Hey, there are all these leaks and that's not okay. At least, at least make it. Yes. At least. Uh, yeah. Um, because even if it's part of your strategy, Hypocr hypocrisy, hypocrisy is is the tribute that uh, vice face of virtue. virtue. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so we can at least do that. So, but you, you're saying that, in other words, I, I think that people are leaking certainly because they're, you know, anti-Trump and they think he's guilty and want to see him in that orange jumpsuit. But are you saying that you think maybe that's part of the strategy from Garland on down? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't. And, and I would. I and I would that. say I think that that's par for of course with a lot of these these types of investigations, right? And that's that's what's always yeah. a little a little troubling, right? If you're if you're the defendant, um, and you can't say anything, you can't do anything, but the other side can just you know put stuff out here and there, put out feelers, put out uh, uh, trial balloons, that sort of thing. Um, and and look, maybe even if it isn't. Uh, um, Garland sitting in his office saying, you know what we'll do? Let's, let's leak this. Um, you, uh, to your point, uh, there haven't been any strong um, uh, condemnations of any of this leaking, uh, which might, which might give someone down the line the sense that this is something that that is okay. I guess, I guess maybe. Or if not, or if not okay, would not be, will not be uh, vigorously prosecuted. And, and I guess maybe that's just one of the things where nobody sees any political benefit and they see some political downside to doing that. But there's that. I, here's here's me being naive, thinking like, well, it's, it'd be the right thing to do. <laughs> so, oh, my God, that's that's not a consideration. Right. But but anyway. Yeah, no. And, and I'm I'm always uh, I'm going to go back on the record on, on this, that if you want to do something really, really big, uh, like convicting a former president um one who you know who got nearly 50 percent of the vote um in the last election and still has a a very strong political following and is sort of the front runner to be the next uh, presidential candidate i mean you want to you want to do it clean yeah yeah you, you want to do it you want to do it super clean and I would argue that not only do you want to do it clean, but it better be something big because the precedent that this sets is just is is really, really bad. And I, I get the arguments. I understand that in theory, no one is above the law, but that's sort of a well, that's in theory. And in reality, you have to think about the consequences of your actions, even if they are maybe right, even if you do think that there is good reason to believe that Donald Trump broke certain laws, I think you still have to ask, well, what if we do this? What does this mean for What's the presidency? What's the damage to the and system? Exactly. And, yeah. and I understand that a lot of folks say it doesn't matter. You have to do the right thing. But I, that's why I think there are a lot of, uh, maybe that's why I'm a little bit less sure that there actually will be uh, any indictments, though I, I think on balance there will be because of that. I'd like, I'd like to think that the Justice Department, Attorney General Garland, is considering these things, and that 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 weighs as a factor in his thinking. So this is a little maybe going back uh, topic-wise, uh, uh, retrogressing back to the January sixth committee. Yeah, that's right. But I was thinking to your to your Truman um, mm -hmm. uh, point, there was a president um, who appeared to testify before Congress, um, uh, a sitting president, and that was Gerald Ford. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he did so voluntarily. Um, uh, and this is post Watergate. 
Um, but but I think that's sort of, and then also the, you you look at the what this conversation reminded me of is also the other Ford president precedent of pardoning Nixon, uh, sort of for those very same reasons that you and I just talked about. Is listen, there there may well be, um, may well have been uh, a crime that could have been indicted and prosecuted, but um, the damage exactly. to the system would have been would have been significant. And I think in in retrospect. A lot of folks, uh, you know, who were critical of Ford at the time uh, for that pardon, um, yeah, uh, expressed that. Listen, that was the the wise thing to do uh, at at that point in time in in American history, where we're you know we're dealing with the fallout from Watergate, the retreat from Vietnam, uh, uh, you know, really a, a divided country. Um, uh, that 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 was a, the the proper step to take, right? But but in this case, I think uh, as I suggested, Donald Trump almost certainly wouldn't accept the pardon, even if that was something Joe Biden were inclined to do. And so we kind of render that render that moot because then you know that if there were a case that uh, Garland wanted to pursue, he would still go ahead and pursue that. So, but but yeah, I think that's that's a good that's a good historical precedent to look back on. And and I agree that President Ford did the right thing, even if it did cost him. Uh, a second term, though I don't necessarily think that that's the cost. Yeah, second. I think he was going to lose anyway. Yeah, exactly. So why not? So yeah. All right. Well, uh, how about we just take one more quick break and then get back? To, well, uh, uh, a third story that's kind of related to all this, at least indirectly. Okay. All right, Jay. So uh, why don't we? You know, we haven't talked about uh, we haven't talked about the Durham investigation in a while, but uh, we actually have something to talk about with that this week, don't we? Yeah. So, so more uh, legal ongoings in, in D.C. There's actually the trial uh, uh, winding up um, of uh, in the, the German Durham Durham investigation. Uh, the trial of Igor Danchenko. Is it Igor or is it Igor? I I, I always say Igor. I don't know. Let's, let's go. I always say Igor too. And then I thought we should do that. Have like the little Marty Feldman from yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> Frankenstein's with Igor. You know, um, uh, you can put that in post production. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> the case is uh, going to the jury. Uh, there, uh, late Friday, one count uh, against Danchenko was uh, dismissed uh, relating to lying against the FBI, and the entire case is about lying to the FBI. Uh, Denchenko uh, is an analyst um, uh, in, in Washington, at the uh, RAND Corporation, um, and uh, studying, you know, Russian, Russian issues. Um, and he was named as the uh, main source uh, in the Steele dossier. Um, and uh, so it was an investigation into whether he lied to the FBI on various aspects of the Steele dossier. Um, and I'll tell you, I'm not, you know, looking at the, the evidence, Mike, of, of what's come forth, uh, I'm not sure they get them on, on all the line of the FBI stuff. Uh, but that said, I think it, 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 the integrity of the Steele dossier uh, is certainly harmed by this, um, which is probably the bigger point than, than getting a, a conviction against uh, Danchenko. Um so I guess well, we'll we'll go into that of what what your thoughts are, but I have a couple highlights. I guess would be that um, one we learned that the FBI had offered sort of uh, money to say, listen, if anybody can cooperate corroborate uh-huh. this stuff, we'll give you a million bucks, yeah. uh, and they could not. Um, so the the, the indictment the, it, the indictment is more about seeking to indict the FBI, if you will, than than um, uh, to to convict yeah. Benchenko. Yeah, you know, I think my overall take is Durham investigation is winding down now. And clearly it was a big disappointment for folks who wanted, who hoped that Durham would uncover some extensive deep state conspiracy, right? Because it ended up just with three indictments. Michael Sussman, who was acquitted of making, uh, of lying to the FBI. All statements, yeah. Right. There was that FBI attorney who uh, pulled out the whiteout and changed the. Clarence uh, Smith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now he actually took a plea deal to avoid jail time and then Danchenko. And so there haven't really been any high or even kind of medium level indictments. And that's a disappointment, I think, to a lot of folks who were hoping for more. Um, I guess my take overall is that it's hard to it's hard to deny that even if you're looking at this charitably, and I'm trying to, um, that, that this was a sloppy investigation by the FBI, that they that at best they cut corners. And in some instances, right, that one instance at least, you know, violated 
the law, and they relied far too much on information that I think they should have far more carefully vetted. Um, That said, I don't think it was some sort of, you know, they all got together and said, let's take down Donald Trump, uh, that sort of thing. I think it was probably more like, well, here's this potentially massive and novel threat, right? There are claims that don't seem ridiculous that we have a major party nominee who's cooperating with, uh, you know, with with the Russians. uh, And uh, by the way, if we can nail this guy on this, who, you know, we don't really like anyway. Wow. Isn't that a career maker? And so, well, let's go after this aggressively. And if we cut a few corners, we cut a few corners. And I think that was certainly a mistake. And in some instances was actually, you know, violated the law. And so that that's kind of my take on the whole what what Durham has found is that. And while it's disappointing to the folks who wanted a whole bunch of people put in jail, I think it does kind of show that the FBI did not handle this well at all, even in the most charitable kind of view of this. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's right. I would go further, um, uh, and and because I, I I do think um, whether you say it was a was there a conspiracy of hey let's get this guy, um, I think that's that's extremely difficult to prove. But I think the second point you make is you're somebody we don't like anybody anyway. Um, let's see if we can nail them. Um, I, I certainly think that's that is an issue, right? I think that's that's well, I mean, there, and I think that's, that's been apparent. I, I guess a I, lot of this. Stuff. Yeah, I guess I'm saying that the extent to which I think that's human nature, where if you're going after someone, whether you're you know in, in any kind of law enforcement uh, uh, capacity, oh, yeah. if you dislike them, it gives you a little more kind of uh, oomph, right? I mean, so oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 it's, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Um. But to me, I mean, the, the, the issues that, that trouble me are things like, listen, it, it, it's now apparent that early on uh, the FBI knew that this, uh, the dossier was, was not, uh, could not be corroborated. Um, they tried, they couldn't come up with any corroborating evidence, yet they kept the, you know, the, the FBI clearly could have said at some point, listen, we've, we've done a lot of work on this. We've looked at this. And you know what? There's there's nothing to it. Um, and instead, uh, Klein Smith uh, et, et al. Uh, altered records to go to the FISA court to get a warrant. Um, you know that's that's what's troubling. And they they renewed that that warrant. Uh, I think three or four times for yeah. like ninety days each. Well, you know, um, I, I wonder, Jay, it, if there's a point at which you kind of go down that road and you feel like, well, I'm sort of committed now, and if I back if I back out of it now, it's going to be even worse. And so I just keep on, it, it develops some momentum on its own. And I'm not talking about just Donald Trump specifically, but whenever you kind of try to engage to take on something this momentous, I think maybe there's a point at which you're like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound sort of thing. Yeah, and, yeah we've invested so much. Um, or or you, you do get sort of, and this is the human nature thing, and I, I don't, whether you want to call it conspiracy theory or just human nature sort of the the blinders on that there must be something yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Right? I just haven't found it yet. I just have to keep looking harder. Um that that that's a possibility. Now with the warrant thing, I think obviously what they could have done is well they just let it expire and not renew it. Um you know, you don't have to go go back to the court. I mean I don't know, should say you don't have to go back to you really should uh, go back to the court and say sorry we lied to you. Um but if they wanted to get it out of out of that easily they just could have you know not renewed it. Um, and, and at the same token, I mean, listen, there was a whole, uh, you know, Mueller investigation that arose out of, out of this, uh, you know, because allegedly Trump fired Comey because Comey was going to get too close and find out that he was a Russian agent. And, um, you know, this, this dominated our, our politics and our discussion for a couple of years. And, and really there was, there was nothing, nothing there. Um, and and to me, I think, uh, you know, I, I think Durham is a smart guy and realized this wasn't something you're going to get big convictions on. Um, but by forcing the issue, uh, you forced some of this um, information out into the public. Um, Although, which, uh, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll go out, frankly, and say, listen, the, the media did not want to report on and I think still doesn't want to report on because it makes them look silly because they got 
they got duped. Well, yeah, I, well, you and I might disagree a little bit on that. I, I guess I would say that Durham, at least during this last week, seemed to have been a little bit frustrated, right? Treating some of his own witnesses basically as, as pretty hostile uh, in questioning yeah, when they you expect kind of, that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, but that, that kind of goes to my larger point is once you get really invested in this and you spend years of your life, because remember, this started back in May of 2019 when, uh, when Bill Barr uh, asked Durham to do a preliminary review of this. And then in October of October of 2020, he officially appointed him special counsel. So Durham's put years of his life into this and just seeing it kind of peter out without hardly any significant convictions. That's, you know, I'm sure you got to look back at, if you're Durham, especially if you think people were guilty and I just don't quite have what I need to prove that. Yeah. That's a very frustrating sort of thing. Yeah. But keep, keep in mind all, I mean, there's so many, all, most of the claims all come down to the lying to the FBI. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and what I think he he showed, um, and for example, the the, the claim that was dismissed uh, just Friday um, had to do with you know the the accusation uh, was um, Danchenko uh, denied talking to the. Uh, did you ever you know talk to the FBI about this? And, yeah. And he said no. Um, and well, well. He emailed them. Yeah. So oh, technically, right. yeah, exactly. You know, man, in your, I mean, to me, that's sort of like, wow, in your face, John Durham. You know what I mean? I think Durham can say, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. I, think, I think I'll still chalk that up as a win, um, even though it's it's a dismissed claim. Yeah. Uh, he proved his point um, that, you know, look, if this guy's going to be a Weasley enough to say, hey, it was an email. Well, you know what I mean? So uh, he'd do so with a Russian accent, of course. But, I think bottom um, line, Jay, that, I, I, I will say that I think attorney, then Attorney General Barr was right to appoint a special counsel. I said that from the beginning. And I think that this, you know, what, what Durham has found really didn't surprise me. I think from the, from the beginning, it seemed like there were corners cut. This was a sloppy investigation and probably not a whole lot more than that, in my view. So this kind of played out, I think, in a very appropriate sort of way, as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I, I would tend to agree that it's played out an appropriate sort of way. I would disagree on the conclusion because I, the the thing that that comes out to me um, throughout this is that uh, you know the, the claims are all somebody lied to the FBI, and part of the defense, and it's been successful, but it's also part of <laughs> uh, Durham's point is that the FBI either wanted to be lied to, yeah. yeah. Or was okay with being lied to, or wasn't going to look into things uh, yeah. that strenuously. And that's one of those things uh, that you. And to that me, you, that's yeah. that's the damning yeah. that's the damning point here. And all. Yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those things that maybe if you're Durham, you know, but you can't prove, right? And so it's it's got to be deeply frustrating when you say, "Come on, we know the FBI wasn't that naive," but that's pretty difficult legally to kind of demonstrate. So, yeah. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right. You know, so, Jay, I, I realize we're we're about an hour. And this has been almost this has been the Donald Trump show. Uh, so I think maybe he, he wins. Donald always wins. You know, it really does seem that way. But I, I will say that when we go into our uh, supporters, midweek supporters show, which we're going to be uh, recording in just a minute, we will get to affect almost all non-Donald Trump stuff. I, I think maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, inflation and OPEC plus, which we really wanted to get to, but also uh, something I'm very interested in talking about, the the dormant commerce clause as it applies to uh, California and pork regulations um, and, and a bunch of other stuff. You know, we had, we, Jay, you, I think you know, we had a lot of listener feedback about our comments on marijuana last week. Uh, we were not nearly pro-pot enough, I think, for you, a lot of listeners. You would have thought everybody would have been more mellow about and, uh, that. <laughs> well, we're going to get to that. So we have a lot of stuff uh, on the bonus show. If uh, you are a supporter, you'll be getting that on Tuesday. If you're not a supporter, you can still get that by becoming a supporter uh, that, or you know, by going to patreon.com slash politics guys, or you can support us on Venmo or at politics guys. You can also support the show through PayPal. All of our support links are in the show notes as well as at politics guys.com slash support. And 
As always, if finances are an issue, uh, but you'd like to get that midweek show, just send me an email, mikeatpoliticsguys.com, and I will get you set up with all of our content. Um, and whether you're fighting inflation, you know, there, <laughs> there you go. You're exactly. doing. That, that's right. Absolutely. We have not raised our prices in years. Yes. So yeah, we are, we are holding the line um, anyway, but whether you're a supporter or not, uh, it would be really great. We'd appreciate it if you could subscribe to the show rate and review us on the podcast app that you're using to listen and share episodes on social media. That helps us out a lot. And finally, a special thanks as always to our executive producers, Bruce Johnson, Wilma Moreno, Andra Masker, Daniel Toe, Ryan Beasley, and Don Oglesby. We'll be back with a new episode for you next week. We hope to join us.